Hi everyone, I'm Mandy Sakanyili. No, there's no shutdown, but I am the hashtag Tuesday Takeover guest. My guests are Smongilindashe and Kwezilomso Mbandazayo, uh, one from Isla and the other from Oxfam, South Africa. You can call us in on 011-714-2006 or send voice notes to 061-410-4107. Keep them under a minute, uh, radio off and no background noise, please. So I've been told that my guests are ready. Um, Please do come through. I'm going to introduce them to you just now. The first is Smongilindashe. She is the founder and director of the Initiative for Strategic Litigation in Africa and the current co-chair for the Presidential Summit Planning Committee for the Gender Summit 2022. Hello, Smongile. Good evening, Mandisa. Thanks for having me. My second guest uh, is Kwezilomso Mbandazayo. She's the daughter of Mahlubi and Nomsa Mbandazayo. She's a black queer feminist thinker, activist, and organizer. She currently works at Oxfam South Africa in the program on women, justice, and power. Kwezilomso was named as one of the Mail and Guardian's top 200 young people in the civil society category in 2019. She is obsessed with blacks, jazz, plants, and love. Kwezilomso works in collectives, movements, and organizations towards freedom from all forms of violence. Welcome, Kwezilomso. Hi, Mandisa. Hello. So our proposed topic for the day is It Won't Stop. What do we need to see a change in gender-based violence and femicide in this country? And I'd just like to start, um, I think I'm going to go directly through to Smongile. Smongile, can you answer that question? What do we need to see to see an end to gender-based violence and femicide in South Africa? Wanda, I think there are no adjectives, you know, left... Um, we have used all of them to refer to our situation and how bad it is on gender-based violence and femicide. As civil society actors, I think we have often said we know what works, and we are not the only people who said we have solutions. And this is what has taken us to the National Strategic Plan of 2020 because it's not a new plan. It's a consolidation of plans that have been made over um, time and time again. And the National Strategic Plan is really our roadmap and commitment to ending gender-based violence and femicide. And that is what we have agreed to, the six pillars, as what is going to take us out of the mess that we consistently okay. find ourselves in. So right now, um, we do know that there are six, and we are going to have a conversation about these six pillars of the National Strategic Plan. But that's the starting point. There may be other solutions, but as a country, as people who work to eradicate this form of violence, this is what we have agreed to. And this is what we need to work on um, in order to do this. So I'll just quickly run through them. Um, we have agreed, and this has started with the 
movement of the total shutdown, um, to give it a name, and to clearly say that we need accountability at the highest level. We need senior people to sit in these various committees so that the decision makers are there. We were tired of departments that kept on moving us from pillar to post or passing the back from this department, and we asked for better coordination at the highest level of the state's response. And we got a pillar that speaks to accountability, governance, and leadership as one core response to the gender-based violence problem. We also talked about protection, safety, and justice. We talked about the importance of research, understanding what is happening, economic power, um, and also prevention. In the beginning, when you were introduced, you were talking about some of the causes and consequences of this violence. We talked about the need for social cohesion as one of the responses and also response, care, support, and healing. These are the six pillars that we have pinned our hopes on. But if we are to ever be victorious in the struggle against gender-based violence and femicide, these are the six things that we will have to do and do very well. Thank you so much, Sibongile. Kwezi, I'd like you to come in at this point. Can we talk a little bit about what does the plan say around economic power and around research and development in particular? Uh, thanks, Mandita. And I mean, I think I'll start um, my my little kind of synopsis by reflecting on your first question, right, which um, it reflects a, a society that's quite broken, um, in part quite pessimistic, demobilized. And I think when we were thinking through the economic power pillar in, you know, just as an example, what we need is a kind of complete transformation of society as we know it. Um, and this plan is one, but one way, uh, is but one message in which we are coalescing um, to, to try and, you know, do something together as a country and to see um, what that does, even if it is just to give us some hope when we see things decreasing. But I, I make mention of the economic power pillar because it speaks to how, you know, a kind of economy built on inequality with deepening poverty um, does not aid in a fight against violence, um, particularly in a fight against gender-based violence. So it speaks to a kind of structural transformation of the economy. It speaks to increasing access, control um, over productive resources for women. It speaks to issues of workplace safety. It speaks to issues around maintenance because um, often it is women who have the heavier burdens of child rearing and child care. Um, it is also the pillar where we, you know, where our demands around more comprehensive social protection are to be found. Uh, and the research and information management pillar is also 
our commitment to doing things that um, are, you know, led by evidence and having repositories of evidence, all kinds of evidence, and having clearer understanding of the nature and the texture of the problem uh, per locality and at a broader scale. Because without a really strong research and information management agenda, we really are working, um, you know, in the dark and working, doing things that we we think work. And so that needs to be strengthened and tightened, um, which is why it's also a super important pillar. Thank you so much, Crazy. Um, we have two callers on the line. Um, if you want to reach us, you can call, call 011-714-2006 or send votes notes to 061-410-4107. We have Romeo on the line from KZN. Uh, please come through. How are you? Gapila Romeo and Jani. I'm in Gapila. Your topic is... <clears throat> a bit so, and it's a great one. But I need you to ask you a question on the issue of gender-based violence that you started talking about. On this issue of teaching uh, men and the women uh, to stop violence, does all this program uh, include the chief? Um, I've got a feeling that maybe there is a group that we left uh, outside in terms of our culture. Because, you know, we have got our own culture. We grew up under the uh, hegemons and the chiefs. When a problem like this happened in long time, you could go to the chief and uh, you'll be, uh, you can be charged, you can be told, you can be given a warning so that you don't lose your identity. If you look at the violence that we see, it looks like we don't have also these so-called initiation schools, which I believe that at an initiation school, that is where a young boy is being taught to become a man and to how to behave in the society. But I don't hear also uh, the other side of the partners, such as women, we have got also those kind of things where women have to gather as well, where they are being taught how to become a woman when you, you've grown up and to become a wife, being prepared, uh, such that maybe that way, possible, we might defeat the issue of violence. Looking at, because I hear Mr. Songhezo, as you are saying, I think we are a violent nation. How best we can avoid this? And this is a great topic. Can we include the chiefs? Maybe people could listen to their chiefs or their agents in terms of this um, disease that is paralyzing within the country. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Romeo. TJ from KZN, please come through. Yes, uh, Melissa and the company. I'm very much worried. Um, uh, each time uh, we actually take it, uh, a crisis that pertains to South Africa, uh, like this issue of gender-based violence. Yes, hello. This issue of uh, gender-based violence. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, TJ. Please go. 
Yes, 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 yes. You see, if ever maybe we are not actually like maybe taking it by dealing with the actual rules because it seems like we deal with St. John's. And it has been noted over time that when it is a women's month, there will be cruel killings of women and maybe even going on at an increase. Why? Because women during this month, they become militant. And then, therefore, you see, there is this um, notion that say, if uh, Mohammed cannot actually like, go to the mountain, the mountain cannot actually go to Mohammed. So that thing, you see, we've got to actually like, analyze it from the time when you happen to be sent to the church. Then you meet that particular individual who proposes love or who's saying you claiming that you actually like, love you. And he does not actually like have uh, does not actually like have knowledge about you. So then it goes on and on up to an extent whereby you actually exchange numbers, and then it goes on over probably not on, and then you have actually like in the love relationship, whereas it is daylight the robbery taking the name of love. You see, we've seen many people I mean dying just because it has been taken as if it is love, whereas it's a transaction. You see, the business transaction has got risk and rewards. And then, therefore, which means at the time when we actually like receiving that, then it would be a problem even to you. Why? Because you have not arrived. And the another thing also, you see, women they are better not to leave their lives. They are leaving their friends' lives. You see, all of the claims of which they are called demands, which they are going to make to from men, it's quite a lot of it. So it is quite a lot of things of which we've got to address here because we found out that there is. Everybody having contributed by even taking the final stance of which we have actually taken not to raise issue, not to actually like, uh, waste other listeners' time, then I thank you very much. Alina. Thank you very much. We do need to go to an ad break and then we will come back to hear Brow Joe from Kabecha. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. <laughs> Songezo is somewhere in the building. He'll be back before the t- the nine o'clock news. Uh, for now, uh, please do call us in at 011-714-206 or send voice notes to 014-104-107. Keep them under a minute radio off and make sure there's no f- noises in the background. We do still have a caller, Brad Joe from Kobecha. Please come through. Good day, ma'am. How are you? Hello, Prajo. Hi, how are you? Happy Women's Month. Can I start there? Is it a happy one, Prajo? Yeah, and can I for a moment pray? Can I say the following prayer as part of the poem by Lumi Mugnis? In the poem says, um, my prayer before, before birth. And there's a stanza that says there, I'm not yet born. Oh, rehearse me in the roles I must play and the acts that I must partake in, in fulfilling my life. And, and, and you know, this was um, just an insight that I, that, I, that I thought about when I thought about Women's Month, that in our society, it seems that we have forgotten the roles that we must play. Because I, I don't know your, 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 your background, but from my perspective, within my life, there were people who played critical roles. Yeah, your father had a role within the family. Your mother had a role in the family. Your family members, your society had a role in the family. And I'm going to ask you for a moment, for a moment, are we doing our roles? Are you doing your role? If you could comment, ma'am. Thank you so much, 
Prajo from Kobeha. Um, we're going to now listen to some voice notes um, that have been sent through to our WhatsApp line, and then we're going to come back with responses. Hi, Mandisa. I was terribly embarrassed to say that I was a South African. I've just come back from holiday in Australia. While I was in Australia, the tavern shooting occurred. Is the Benny Tavern shooting occurred. And the Australians asked me, is that the norm? Do all you South Africans start drinking at 13 years of age? Is that the normal drinking age? And I said, no, 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 it's the exception, not the rule. And then to add fuel to the fire, along came the baddies and they stole the cell phones and the braids from all of the dead people. I then felt terribly embarrassed because I don't think we can go any lower than that. Mike is London. Okay, uh, we're done with the uh, calls for now. Um, just some uh, thoughts and some responses. Um, TJ uh, from KZN uh, talking about how uh, women should take on uh, some responsibility in what's taking place with regards to the scourge of gender-based violence and femicide, talking around uh, issues of window damast um, and talking about uh, basically women living the standards of lives that their friends must. Um, I'm hearing everything that you're saying around responsibilities of different genders, etc. But does that justify violent behavior? We can't possibly be saying that the solution to conflict in relationships is to beat each other. So I don't, I, um, I really would like us to engage in this conversation meaningfully and to speak about it in, in a way that speaks to solutions. Uh, Smongile, please do come in uh, with regards to responding to some of our callers. <clears throat> Mandisa, where Kwezi started uh, talking about um, the economic justice pillar, mm -hmm. Um, as well as the research information and information management pillar. The ideas that people have uh, to justify um, violence, that's some of the things that we are grappling with. Pillar 2 um, tells us, so I think the first caller was talking about engaging traditional leaders this is a pillar that deals with prevention and uh, rebuilding of social cohesion. And what it wants us to do is to move away from what is called toxic masculinity and embracing a positive alternative uh, approaches for expressing masculinities, you know, and other sexual and gender identities in communities. And what this means, and I think there was also another caller who was talking about roles, you know, that men have their roles and women have their roles. So although these calls are not similar, there is something um, that is kind of in common, that they have in common, I think. The work that we have to do to prevent violence, it's about all of these gender stereotypes about the role of women in of women in society and what men have to do when women do not conform to their role to their idea of how women should behave in society so women get punished for doing things that men do not want them to do or do not expect them to do so gender inequality is something that we are 
still trying, you know, to say that it is a thing, it is very real. There is no one who came here to be under anyone's control. We are all full human beings. We have rights, we have responsibilities, and we get to make choices about what we want to do in our lives. So this idea of male superiority is part of toxic masculinity that we need to address. When men feel that they are entitled, you know, women's bodies, they get to decide, you know, uh, women don't get to decide who they have sex with, who they get to have sex with, when they have sex, and how they have sex. And then that's the reason for some of these attacks, you know, against women, because the entitlement, as you heard from one caller, is there. You know, is they're talking about transactional relationships and not understanding that yes means yes and no means no. So these are the ideas, and that's why the National Strategic Plan talks about behavioral and attitudinal changes that we need to get people to move away from. And it's not only men who have these ideas. We do know that in some societies, women who grow up and live in patriarchal society also become enforcers of these belief systems around what a good woman is and how women should be uh, punished if uh, they fail to do what is expected of them in society. We had a lot of victim blaming, you know, that women sometimes bring this upon, you know, themselves. And these are the things that we will need to move away from that it doesn't matter where you are, what you are wearing, whether you have been drinking or not, that no one has a right to do anything that you have not consented to, that you only consent to what you have consented to, and no one else can read from your behavior that you are actually consenting to something that you haven't. It sounds very simple, but people are really struggling to understand this, and this comes from this culture of entitlement. And we are going to have to uh, move away from this. Most definitely, Sbongile. Uh, we are running out a little bit of time. I want us to get to where we at. So we have this beautiful national strategic plan that was agreed to. Um, um, it was one of the 24 demands um, that was submitted by the total shutdown. It was agreed to at the presidential summit. It was put in the declaration. It was enacted in 2020. Where are we at with its implementation? What are we getting right? What are we getting wrong? We've got this beautiful plan that speaks to accountability, coordination, prevention, social cohesion, safety and justice and protection protection, response care and support, economic power, research and information ma management. Six beautiful pillars that are supposed to be the roadmap for how we end GBVF in this country. A roadmap that we all signed up to as civil society organizations, as government, as business, as philanthropic organizations, as churches. We all signed up for this plan. Where are we with this plan? Where are we with the imp implementation? What are we getting right? What are we getting wrong? Crazy. I don't know how to answer this, Mandisa, with the time that we have. Mm. Um, but maybe only to mention that, you know, the plan you speak of and the plan we've been talking about uh, was adopted in 2020. There is a kind of report um, that reviews some of these questions that you're asking, which I would absolutely um, encourage 
all of us to uh, to go back to and to have a look at. But really, um, I think what is exciting um, at this point is that there is a um, there is a plan, and I think you mentioned that there's a plan to host another uh, summit in November and their provincial summits. And now. What these provincial summits and the summit itself, um, the two of you can speak more to the uh, to the kind of themes. But for me, um, they are a moment for us to take stock again as a country, and they're a moment to also. I was reflecting a little bit on Bradshaw's question to really decide or to really have the conversation of who do we want to be as a country. And if we want to be a country at peace, if we want to be a country in love, if we want to be a country fed and loving, then what are the corresponding roles each of us need to play? And none of those roles have anything to do with domination, control, oppression. None of those roles have anything to do with violence. And so I'm excited for the upcoming moments to see how um, different sectors of society have been grappling with implementing parts of those pillars, how the state has been grappling with that, who needs to account for what um, and what explanations are there, and to celebrate some of the things that we have done right. Uh, so uh, let let me put it at that in in my closing because I'm looking at the time. Most definitely, the summit themes, uh, the 2022 summit, which is going to be a four-year sort of review of where we're at as the national response for gender-based violence and femicide is looking at accountability, acceleration, and amplification. We want to hold ourselves to account, the state to account, business, all actors, as to what have we been doing over the past four years? Where are we in the two-year review of the 10-year national strategic plan? Where did we get things right? Where did we get things wrong? Accelerating uh, actions that we have we, that we've begun to embark upon, ensuring that we amplify what we are getting right, and 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 strengthen those kind of ties and the and, and the coordination work that we've been doing in different aspects, especially in the pillar work, where we have been seeing multi-sectoral um, uh, um, um, uh, coordination. But Asbongi, uh, can, I, can I give it to you um, to close us off on, on what is the way forward? Where to from here? What are the solutions? One of the first things, um, so I think there is um, there are disagreements both from government side and also from civil society side on whether we do need to have a summit. There is obviously and understandably summit fatigue. People are saying let's use the money to implement the progress. This national strategic plan came right at the beginning of COVID uh, around April 2020. Some people might have completely missed it that we actually do have the plan. There are important things that should have happened by now. So we are now just a little over two years since the National Strategic Plan came into being, and very important things have not been set up. The National Strategic Plan says that we must have a council on national gender-based violence and femicide. This is the operation room, the engine for the National Strategic Plan. It's over two years we do not have. Uh, the council, we do not have the legislation. So it is important to have a summit that is about accountability because then we have to ask the duty bearers, where are these things? 
at the high level, the National Strategic Plan speaks about an interministerial committee which convenes all the, ver- the relevant ministries. We have not seen minutes of these meetings. We do not know whether they meet. We do not know about the decisions. So all the things that we said were key to accountability and the delivery of the National Strategic Plan are things that we have not begun to see. So it is important that we do not wait for the five-year mark or the 10-year mark to establish whether we are moving or not moving according to the plan. At the National Summit, um, and, and I think that's the reason why some of us who were reluctant in the beginning have now come on board to support this, because we do feel that there are a lot of things that we need answers to that we are not able to get answers to. And if we just keep on waiting, um, we may get to the end of the initial strategic plan without some of the things um, moving. So we are going to have... Um, pillar dialogues which allow us to interrogate what has happened under each pillar. We are going to have provincial summits that really helps us to understand uh, the context and the state of GBVF in the various provinces. And these things are going to happen in September and October in the lead-up to the main summit. So I think, Melissa, as you said, it is important that we have people who are doing good work um, to really help to amplify, you know, what they are doing, collaborations that have worked, innovations that have worked, um, and also to talk about things that really need to be accelerated. We do know that, we do feel that, and I think if some of us do not believe that we do have a leadership crisis, what came out of the ANC Policy Summit, this idea around castration, really does tell us that there is something that is completely, completely broken, that people can go and suggest things that are contrary to the Constitution. The Constitution that they helped to write. Yes. For what reason, we do not know that this level of uh, desperation that's leading people to take this kind of populist stances. We need real solutions. You know, castration, what we need... As a response, we need effective investigation, you know, from the police. We do not want a ministry that believes that its job is to run to every crime scene. We are talking about victim-centered approach. We are talking about how victims of violence are treated in police stations and hospitals. These are things that are clearly set out in the National Strategic Plan, and those are the things that we want to see. Thank you, Smongile. Thank you, Kwezi, for joining me this evening. And thank you so much, for Songeza, for giving me uh, this hour um, of your time um, to have this very important national conversation. Songeza is back. Um, I'm being kicked out of the booth here. Um, but thank you so much uh, for listening. And I really think it's important as a country that we prioritize gender-based violence and femicide, not just in August and during 16 days of activism, but 365 days a year in order for us to actually see a change. Thank you for host, for having me today. Yeah, it's been great having you and you are smiling and you were scared an hour ago. Now you're struggling to get off the seat. And that's, <laughs> I mean, I can never state it enough. That's the real victory of the Hashtag Tuesday Takeover, just getting different voices to articulate probably messages I would have articulated, but differently, mm-hmm. probably even more in-depth, more research, with more experience, with more perspectives. And I think um, if ever there's reason why we should continue 
the hashtag Tuesday Takeover today has been it. So thank you very much this Monday. So have you enjoyed yourself? How was I have it? Been how, how was the experience? Come on, now, tell uh, us. It is, it is, it is a little bit uh, daunting in the beginning, but I kind of got. You found uh, your feet as you moved I found on. my feet. <laughs> and the callers were kind to you. The callers were kind. Om kaya bagiti bazamile with the patriarchal norms, but uh, yeah, no, they it, it it went well. I think it was. And uh, that's precisely why the conversation has to continue, right? Almost definitely, and it needs to continue at a community-based level, though. Yes. Not yes. just on radio, but Absolutely. we need to have these conversations. Radio is important, gets a national conversation going, of sort of shapes the thinking so that it's much easier when you go at a community level to have this, you reference this conversation and, and, and. Well, it is 21 hours. Thank you so much indeed to our listeners for the first hour. This is Monday, so no less. You, it's time for the news.